Hey listeners, it's Jen, and welcome to my podcast, My Streaming Bubble, where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. In today's bubble, Laura is back to be tolerated so we can finally talk about Amazon's original series, Good Omens. There are spoilers of apocalyptic proportions, so prep yourself, but for the love of Frances McDormand, don't hoard the toilet paper as we chat about this amazing series. Wash your hands and keep streaming. It's intro time. Uh, Don't sound so excited. I am. Okay, here we go. Oh, God. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back with another episode of My Streaming Bubble, the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love, about with the people I tolerate. I am the host, Jen. I don't think I've ever introduced myself before, so hello. Uh, today I am tolerating my friend Laura. Uh, Laura's back in the bubble, and we are going to be talking about Good Omens. Finally, so long. Yeah, it's a bit overdue. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I rewatched it because it's been that long. But I was going through my notes to try and remember <laughs> the things that happened. But yeah, um, we've tried to get together. We've had other appointments to record, but life uh, finds a way. Yep. Get in the fucking way of my podcast. So fuck you, life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I did just see like the best headline for 2020, even though it's January. But apparently, a deaf gentleman is suing Pornhub for their lack of closed captioning. How do you close caption porn? Well, apparently you can't, and that's why the guy is suing. Like, he he would have to imagine what he thinks it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And he could be completely wrong. Well, maybe it's like some of the dirty talking. I didn't, like, click the article or anything, but maybe he likes it when they talk dirty. All right. That's what he's missing out on, I guess, so. Well... Okay, but be interesting to see if he wins that. I mean, yeah. what should I sue them because I don't think I've ever seen a, a cripple on there? <laughs> Seriously. Well, then you're just not scrolling far enough down the category list. They're not always in alphabetical order. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Yeah, just you got to keep scrolling. You know, it's all about the scroll or just search. Oh yeah, I'm sure it, it looks real great when you search for cripple porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. It exists. I'm sure it does. Yeah. I mean, what doesn't? I don't know. I don't want to think about what doesn't exist in the world of porn because it will suddenly exist and then it's like... Is that how it works? I think so. I think just once something's created, like, yeah, once something exists, there's a porn parody. Wow. That's like a paradox in the universe. (laughs) Very interesting. Totally related to Good Omens, by the way. Totally related. (laughs) I was just trying to think. I'm like, how am I going to segue this Uh, back to... Biblical? Biblical. Is it the end of the world for this guy? Because let's talk about the end of the world. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) For uh, Adam. And who was the kid. Right. And Crowley. And Aziraphale. Fail. And Anathema. They have some weird names. Yeah. Like Crowley, Crowley's easier to remember because mm-hmm. Supernatural. 
Yeah. Also, it's just easy to say. But, but it was in the early episodes, Crowley. Yeah, that's true. Which is probably how someone who's never heard the name would read it. Because mm-hmm. then I was like, wait, Crowley? Crowley? And then I think at one point, yeah, he did just shift it to Crowley. He just decided to change it to Crowley, Crowley. for some reason. Because it's, it's David a, Tennant. The whim of a demon. Yeah. And David Tennant. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I have uh, on one of my notes, is David Tennant capable of making a bad entrance? Yeah, but only because his character's meant to. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking of Harry Potter. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think overall of this little mini-series? It was fun. It was cute. It was funny. I loved it. And the fact that God was a woman, by the way. Ha-ha. Yep. Francis Francis McDormand did the voice of God. Which is always enjoyable to listen to. Absolutely. I was kind of hoping she'd show up in person. Yeah. But I think that's what everyone hopes for from God, and that never happens. Except for at the end of Dogma. Oh, true. Yes, Dogma. How could I forget about Dogma? Because <laughs> God shows up, a.k.a. Alanis Morissette, and tries to do cartwheels. And then she boops Ben Affleck's nose. Yep. <laughs> and everything is fine. Good times. Good times. I haven't watched that movie in forever. I feel like I need to watch it again now. Yeah. Eh, Get another for take another on. day. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. And I like how their friendship kind of got started, you know, or at least as far as we're aware. It sounds like they knew each other from before, even the Garden of Eden days. Mm-hmm. But that's where we first meet them. Because mm-hmm. that's when man, human, existed. Right. He came into existence. So and um, that's a good pickup point. Aziraphale, well, he's bleeding hard. Just gave him his fire sword. Cool, by the way. Mm-hmm. I want one. No shit. Where's our Aziraphale to give us our fire swords? What would you do with it? Oh, light cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Toast marshmallows. Toast marshmallows. Burn down the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean. We're aiming really low. Yeah. I'm just thinking like just nothing but destruction. I mean, you've worked with me. You know how many times in a day I want to burn things down. I know, so I feel like you you getting a fire sword would be like... That's too much power for fate. me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like that's just something you're going to have someday. <laughs> so you can fulfill your life's purpose. Well, my birthday's in March. <laughs> oh, so. I'll see. <laughs> I'll see about making one. If you can go ahead and make that happen. I, oh, and then I can like, I can put it with my Lucille. Not too close to Lucille because it's made of wood. <laughs> right. I mean, let's be real here. With my coordination, <laughs> a fire sword is not a good thing to give me. Yeah. A regular I... <laughs> knife is not a good thing to give me. Why would you give me a fire sword? What's wrong with you? Remember when you came to work one day and you're like, I chopped vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the little things that make my life worth living. Like chopping vegetables successfully. Yeah. So that they look nice. Mm-hmm. And I can cook them well. Mm-hmm. And I don't cut myself in the process. I didn't lose any fingers or parts of fingers. (laughs) It's like a disclaimer on the show. No fingers have been harmed in the making of this meal. We're very proud of you. Thanks. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But apparently, clearly, the angels and demons were far more coordinated than us. I should hope so. A bit-ish? Well, they at least appeared to be. Yeah. 
So we'll give him that. We'll give him that. But... I haven't done too well with appearing to be coordinated, let's be honest. <laughs> we were talking about putting puffy paint on the bottom of your socks walking down here because... They were slippery. Sliding down Slide, here? Sliding down here. <laughs> you know, just the safetyness. Safetyness, that's a word. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so if we're kind of talking the casting, I thought the casting was perfect. Yeah, I really enjoyed their choices. I mean, David Tennant, as as the bad guy, mm-hmm. or like the charming bad guy, mm-hmm. that's totally his scene. Like, as much as he was great as Doctor Who, he's really gone to a whole nother level when he plays the charming bad guy i Mm -hmm. think have you watched any of his or his um latest netflix show i can't even think of the name of it but no because as you know i lost netflix for a while right you know didn't have legitimate arrangements for it i have it back now and i'm not gonna say how (laughs) that's quite all right you don't need to disclose such confidential information um i have not but it is Somewhere on my watch list, I have to get through. <laughs> I've now turned watching TV into a job that doesn't pay. <laughs> like actual work where I'm like, oh, I need to start this and this and talk about this. Maybe we my should first get world problems. Uh, the Boring Company to sponsor you now that the people know about your love of fire and burning stuff down. Because they make mm. a flamethrower. <gasps> this family doesn't need a flamethrower. And it comes in a, a it comes in packaging that says not a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> That's believable. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So, um, God, you always get so just like and this and this. We haven't seen each other uh, in really in in a really long time, and we really haven't had a chance to like shoot the shit and catch up. So, our apologies for veering off course and off tan and we start tangenting off in different directions we'll do our best to bring it back around (laughs) also um clearly spoilers for good omens um i'm terrible at always remembering to say that at the top of the episode but if you don't know by now yeah spoilers Mm, spoilers (laughs) so yeah so david Tennant as crowley was amazing uh, Michael Sheen as Aziraphale was, he just looked like a little cherub, just like know, a little he was bit so of adorable. And then you would see him, you know, when they're doing like their press tour and stuff, he'd already grown everything back out. He was all like bushy beard and like curly hair. And I'm sure the hair was probably a wig. Well, I assume so. But he's now the. Oh, because he's on another show. Which one is it? Is it Flea? No. Fleabag? No. I forget the name of the show. But he's a serial killer. Yeah. And his son is an investigator who has to, like, prodigal, prodigal son. son. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jinx. Oh, don't. I'm <laughs> just kidding. See, side tangent, my boys are super into, like, doing Jinx right now. And so it's slowly pittering away. But over Christmas break on a three and a half hour car ride down to Iowa, it'd be, they'd say something on purpose. They'd be like, let's say this at the count of three. And so they'd get there, they'd say it, and then they'd go, jinx, double jinx, triple jinx, quadruple jinx. What does that even mean at that point? It means they both just need to shut the fuck up. But they they don't. (laughs) They don't. They just keep screaming at each other in the back of the car. (laughs) So, all right, but back to to good omens. I'm not good on my segues tonight. I'm very tired. That's why I'm drinking to try and perk up a little bit. 
That's I don't think I'm that's thinking. how it works. Well, for a little bit. It's the coming down, the hangover, where you're just like, Ugh. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but, okay, so, yeah, episode one titled In the Beginning. And so, yep, we meet Zerfel and I feel like I'm not pronouncing his name correctly. But, but yeah, so, yeah, going back to the casting, because then they had John Hamm as Gabriel, and he was just brilliant. <laughs> John Hamm always plays an asshole, doesn't he? He in the roles that I've seen him, yeah. No, I'm serious because I don't know if you've watched it yet, but Aaron loves it so much that we're rewatching it. It's the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I saw the first season, but I never, I've, I've I haven't completed it. But yeah, because he's like the cult leader guy. Yeah, the Reverend. Yeah, he's uh he's such an asshole in that. In the later seasons. Or maybe at the end of season one, I'm not sure. Because, you know, lines get blurred when Aaron's binge-watching something. Yeah. But you get to see him in the courtroom, and he represents himself. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Yeah, I did really like the first season. Um, But, yeah, I just never went back to it. I get distracted easily, so. Um, But, yeah. Oh, and then some of the random cameos, like Nick Offerman. Yeah. As a senator. That was funny. It's always hard to recognize him at first when he doesn't have his beard and he's all um, Ron Swanson looking. Yeah. I wonder if he gets mistaken for Ron Swanson now. Like, everyone thinks that's his name. I mean, I'm sure people are just like, may refer to him as like Ron Swanson because that's, maybe they don't know his actual name. And they're like, oh, that's fucking Ron Swanson. I'm like that with, uh, see, and here I go again, trying to remember his name. Ron Perlman. Oh, I, yes. When I was little and I watched Alien, you know, I was like, oh, he looks like an ape. He's like an mm-hmm. ape man. Mm-hmm. So I've always called him that. And yeah. I don't, I couldn't remember his name for like 15 years. Oh, I love Ron Perlman. I can't remember. There was some random thing years ago, movie or something we weren't sure if we were going to watch because it sounded campy and cheesy. Mm-hmm. And then it had Ron Perlman in it. And I was like, this is, it's going to be fine. <laughs> It's going to be the right amount of camp and cheese. Was it? <laughs> it was in. Inter- I don't even remember what movie it was. <laughs> I just remember him. I remember him being in it, and that was kind of the deciding factor of like, yeah, we'll just kind of put on this whatever fuck movie it was. Um, didn't hate it. That's something. I don't remember being like, ugh, that was a waste of time. But what isn't a waste is the use of Queen throughout the series loved that wasn't that just the best that was like crowley's soundtrack yep and um and i have to say that so when this show when the when the trailer for this show first aired um i watched it and it looked amazing and it got me like really excited i was like i i want to read the book i want to read the book but i'm not a book reader so i um checked it out through my local library uh the audiobook and so I was able to absorb it that way. I also realized that I'm not a great listener <laughs> either because um, I'd kind of zone out, you know, focus on traffic and whatever. But um, what? You drove responsibly? Oh, my God. Can you believe it in this fucking state? <laughs> but it it was still it w- I, I still got enough of it that I really enjoyed it. And having seen the preview, I, I kind of had an idea of who was who. So that always helps me <laughs> with books if I actually 
have a face to put to it instead of having to <laughs> imagine my own person. <laughs> so you really need the show or movie to come out first. It's typically how I operate. I'm a I'm a watcher first and foremost. So good to know. Like I had watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas a kajillion times uh, before I watched or before I read the book. Yeah. Um, and then I read the book and it was just like it was like verbatim, like the movie is verbatim of the book. Not a lot of change and deviation from from the source material to the big screen. Huh. That doesn't happen very often. Mm-mm. The only one I can think of that's like that is The Princess Bride. Because <laughs> mm. well, it was like the reading of the book. Um, like actually. <laughs> exactly. So it was, so like when I was reading uh, Fear and Loathing, all I could do was just picture the scene okay. from the movie because I would become so familiar with it. But yeah, so I listened to the audiobook and I really liked it and it got me even more excited for the show to start because knowing some of the actors in it and, uh, you know, like John Hamm, David mm-hmm. Tennant, Michael Sheen, uh, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And it really was. And I was really impressed. I would have to say I was disappointed in The Four Horsemen. They were underwhelming. Yeah. And again, since I kind of space out even when listening to things, um, I can't remember if their role was bigger in the book. I feel like it was, but I can't, I just, I cannot remember for the life of me, but it was. It was weird. They were over, over the top in some ways, Mm -hmm. but they were so underwhelming as well. I liked the idea of how famine worked though. Mm-hmm. You know, making food that wasn't really food, mm-hmm. so it like, was not nourishing at all. Mm-hmm. And people were paying enormous amounts of money to eat this stuff that was just going to make them sick. Yep. I thought that was such a great way to to work that into modern society. So I enjoy that mm-hmm. aspect. Um, and I like that the that Famine introduced his idea, because what was it called? It wasn't... I don't remember what his like little gimmicky name for it was, but he debuted it in a or where we first see him is in a diner in in Iowa, I think. And I was like, "You're absolutely gonna be able to sell the shit out of that in some <laughs> random fucking diner in Iowa." But yeah, war was over the top. Yeah, I it's, liked, it's just a little too much. I liked war. Yeah, because we because we first meet her. Right out in the desert during mm-hmm. a supposed signing of something like a peace treaty or something. Yeah. Um, and then she gets everyone to shoot each other. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's so badass. See, that was cool. But, you know, later on when when they were trekking their way to see Adam and all that, she just seemed a little... Maybe that's part of her character, but it's just it just felt like it was a little overdone as far as like the bloodthirstiness and everything. Like she was enjoying it so, a little like that, too much, whereas everyone else was kind of I don't know, see, I felt like not necessarily like over the well, but like pestilence. She just seemed so gothy, so emo, and then mm. just like pollution and garbage and you know, yeah, I I really didn't like pestilence. I mean, I, I just when you talk about, I guess, out of the four horsemen, the one that was maybe more over the top for their 
apocalypse sign for their horse. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I did like that they were, um, they were motorcycles. Yeah, that was, that was, again, a, a decent modern twist. Mm-hmm. I liked it, and I think maybe that's why it felt like that they were underwhelming, because they just looked so badass. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then Death with his all Death-like. And, you know, they deferred to Death, which mm-hmm. seems appropriate to me, because all all of their stuff leads to that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, they had a decent dynamic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But again, it was just a wee disappointing but that's all right because we still had many other great moments. Um, kind of circling back to like that first episode where they are trying to, as and Crowley are trying to raise the baby or, mm-hmm. you know, the Antichrist, yes. but they're raising the wrong baby because of the insane switcheroo at the um, Satan Hospital or um, nunnery, not nunnery. <laughs> Convent? Convent. Yeah. Because there was the one demon nurse that had run into Crowley and everything got all mixed sister... up. And his... Sister Mary something. Or was it? Something you didn't even see. Yeah. But so they end up raising the wrong child. Because neither of them want the apocalypse. No. So they're trying to raise them a little good, a little bad. Yeah. And just let. You know, fate take its course, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked uh, David Tennant nanny. <laughs> and then, yeah, Crowley has, like, had, like, or not Crowley, but as had, as the gardener, mm-hmm. looked all old and every, or, you know. So there's just a lot of kind of fun moments in that first episode, kind of in terms of that. Because then there's, like, the whole scene where as and Crowley are getting drunk. Yeah. And then they just need to not be drunk anymore so they just decide not they just to go and just the bottle refills i was like that would be so handy like, that's not wasteful either i no. kind of like that yeah no hangover you drink the same bottle of wine over and over gotta make sure it's a really good one then oh fuck yeah <laughs> fuck yeah hmm. let's see so then in episode two we meet oh yes we get the story of agnes nutter and her, you know, big book of prophecies or whatever it was, um, crazy name that it had. What I wouldn't give to see a book like that. No shit. I Googled to see if, I was like, does something like this, you know. Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Well, I wanted Agnes Nutter's book. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, and then, so her descendant, what was her name again? It was Anathema. Anathema. Yes, that's it. I really liked her. Me too. She was great. Yep. And I kind of, I liked her, her overall kind of story, her arc. So she was, you know, she's a descendant of Agnes Nutter. So she's pretty much raised to be like, you need to be ready for this moment. Yeah. She's pretty much told what her life's purpose was Mm -hmm. from a very young age, which would be a weird thing to grow up with. Yeah. That'd be very odd. So like, wouldn't you feel kind of kinda like your free will got taken away a bit mm-hmm. there? I would. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I kind of liked um, her ending with oh, what was his name? Percival. 
The guy who was really good at breaking computers. Yes. Newton Pulsifer. Pulsifer. That's it. Yep. Okay. Descendant of Witch Hunter Pulsifer. What was Witch Hunter Pulsifer's actual first name, though? Because it was something really funny. Like the his ancestor? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It was something really funny. And it had to do with what, something in his hat. Because then it's like, yeah, because when we get that flashback with Michael McKeon... Love him too, by the way. He was he was amazing in this, in his little army of witch finders and how he determines witches by however many nipples. How many nipples do you have? What a thing to to ask someone. Ah, here it is. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Yes, Pulsifer. it was great. And then, cause yeah, they had a whole yeah. So all those. All them guys had great names um, back in their witch hunting days. I like how Crowley and Aziraphale were using the same guy and they didn't realize it. Yes. So funny. And I loved that he, you know, had all these other quote unquote witch hunters on his payroll. Yeah. And he just started getting lazy with the names. So there was like Sergeant Pepper and (laughs) Private (laughs) Table or whatever. And as in Crowley didn't really seem to give a shit. I mean, Crowley bought it hook, line, and sinker, you know. Yeah, I Because like know. you said, bleeding heart, Crowley just didn't seem to care. He's like, fine, whatever, I'm going to pay you. Just do my bidding. Yeah, that's his attitude for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then, because then there's like, okay, so when we're talking about, goddamn, we're all over the place. The delivery driver that was sent to deliver all the items. Okay, yes. When you were talking about the four horsemen. Yes. I, I wanted to say then. That I found the delivery driver more fascinating mm-hmm. than the four horsemen. Yep. I loved that. I did too. I thought he was he was great. And it's like he got down to the to the last delivery and he just knew what he had to do. So is he like is he like the devil's delivery guy? Some some sort of uh divine postal service. I don't know. Something. He he seemed like he seemed like he didn't know. Like, what he was delivering. No. But when it came to contacting death, he knew what he had to do. Yeah. And he seemed fine with that. Because he's just like, well, I mean, not fine. Like, whoop-de-doo. I get to walk in front of a truck. He accepted that that was his job. And he left a note for his wife. Yeah. And got hit by a truck. Which was really sweet and Mm -hmm. sad. Yeah. And I wanted to know where at what point in his his having that job did he know that that was like his job was that important that it was it was okay to to just do that just yeah especially knowing like if you knew that you're basically bringing about the apocalypse mm-hmm. what do they tell you in your your divine postal service training that it needs to happen <laughs> like what kind of propaganda video is that that you have in your you know is that is that in is that in the position description? Is that no? I'm I'm betting it's like a training video that they do. <laughs> oh my god! Like some really old like '80s style training yes. video. Yes, yes. I'd like to see that <laughs> like, divine postal service training video. I know. I want them to make it like as a bonus feature mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. That would be fun. I had so many questions about the delivery driver. Yeah. And but yeah, I really enjoyed him. I was sad when he had to walk out in front of the truck. Yep. But since they fixed it all, or 
stop the end of the world from happening and confused the devil and the angels and everything on God's ineffable ineff ineff ineffable plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that that one. That one. <laughs> so many big hard words to say. So yeah, I'm glad that we got random delivery driver delivery driver guy. He has good stuff. Um we should name him something. I wonder, does he even have a name? I think we'll just call him Divine Postal Delivery Person. That's yeah. kind of long. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll come up with something better as we continue on. Well, all I can think about is the theme song to Postman Pat. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so now he's Pat. I haven't watched, we haven't been subjected to that in a very long time. Neither but, have I, um... but it's forever in my brain. Because, you know, Rain Man-like memory. <laughs> We, uh, the kids, like, Ross wasn't super into Postman Pat, but it was Fireman Sam. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. There's another one in the oh, vein no. called Little Red Tractor. Oh, no. I have seen every episode of that. I'm so sorry. At least a dozen times. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> There's some brain cells that are completely useless now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just think your Rain Man memory isn't being put to proper good use because that's taking space. What is proper good use of a memory like that? Um, Not having your kids' TV shows, theme songs stuck in your head. Anything other than that. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. that, that gives me a few possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> but... I really hate it when I can remember all the details around something, but I can't remember the thing itself. Oh, yeah. Like, thou shalt not commit adultery pulsiver. That was hilarious. Why couldn't I remember that? But I could remember where I read it. In his hat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. God, you're so weird. I know. I know. I miss your weird. I miss your <laughs> daily weird. Um, My so new office mate appreciates it very much, though. Yeah? Yes. People come and see why we're laughing all the time. You're having too much fun not getting enough work done? No, definitely getting work done. We'd be in big trouble if we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's turned into Party Central at the same time. Nice. I'm glad. Yeah. Also, lots of donuts. Oh, yeah. You love donuts. I know. There's a donut <laughs> club. Oh, no. <laughs> What's... Do you guys like meat or do you guys take nope. turns like buying donuts? Every week someone brings in donuts. Nice. Yeah. I've eaten a lot of donuts. I bet. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one's complaining. We also stole a mini fridge from somebody else's office. <laughs> oh, you bunch of troublemakers. Yeah, I filled it with cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> Just to have a little midday snack, just like a tube of cookie dough? <laughs> <Not a tube. laughs> yeah, I just pulled it out and started gnawing on the end of it. <laughs> well, that's what I imagined. Oh, no. Like, Eat it like a giant go-gurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I imagined is like a little mini fridge with just like rolls of cookie dough just packed in there. <laughs> and the the uh, alternative to that was just cookie dough sh just smashed into a mini fridge. <laughs> How much cookie dough would that take? 
Oh, I'm going to try and do the math on that in my head. But no, um, Quick Trip has these like little containers of cookie dough balls that are safe to eat because mm. there's no egg. Mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. I, Aaron, Aaron is sad. He's just terribly sad that I've discovered these because every time there's an excuse to go to Quick Trip, I'm like, oh, I just need to stop inside for a second. <laughs> and I'll get like two more of them. He's just like, oh, I just got to run down to the gas. I'm going to run down to Quick Trip. Oh, hey, babe, will you pick me up a uh, thing of these? <laughs> Cookie dough balls? Please? Please? <laughs> right on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's also acceptable other than tubes of cookie dough or yeah but now i kind of want to do that like how feasible mm-hmm. is it to eat one of those like a gogurt like, how far could you get before you just got so sick i don't know i don't either i don't but think i'd i definitely wouldn't be able to finish one maybe on a friday maybe but i'll do it maybe... on a friday so i can just go home if it goes wrong i feel like anywhere between like a quarter and a third before i really started hating myself i think i could get at least halfway through it yeah i could see you doing that next podcast recording <laughs> <laughs> yes we'll follow up next time provided i'm not in the hospital from salmonella poisoning <laughs> oh my gosh so much v and d after all of that <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> worth it because it's important to know your limits and yeah. how much of a cookie dough roll can you eat. And honestly, how do you know sick. your limits without trying to find them in the first place? Exactly. I feel like that was kind of a theme to the show. You need to like cross those lines to know I can't cross that line. <laughs> <laughs> I belong on this side. I can cross that line, but I shouldn't. Right. Yes, I can. I just shouldn't. Um. I wonder if there's a Guinness record for eating tubes of cookie dough. <laughs> I bet there is. And if there isn't... I'm going to uh, make one. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so fucking gross. We sweating cookie dough for so long. It be sweat. so fucking greasy and just shitting your brains out at the same time. Greasy <laughs> salmonella shit. I wonder how fat I'll get. I don't know. You... You have like a pretty fast metabolism, don't you? Like you you burn things pretty quickly cuz yeah, but you're you know or something. <laughs> or something. <laughs> I mean, I'd have a pretty good metabolism anyway, but yeah, that that twitchiness really just gives it an edge. <laughs> I wish I was twitchy. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz it gets you really great parking. Yeah. <laughs> I can eat all the cookie dough and great Get great parking. And I can drink anyone under the table I want. Only I was twitchy too. Life's not fair. I can teach you. (laughs) Will you show me the twitchy ways? (laughs) (laughs) We are way off We are way, way off base, but that's all right. (laughs) It's really funny, though. You'll enjoy it. And again, we haven't seen each other in a really long time. So... Like we did a we did record episode um special which dropped the other day. But God, how long but that was over Skype and that was uh, how long ago? Oh, it was a while ago. I'm curious uh-huh. as to what kind of feedback you got for that one. Um, well, people I'm not sure. I haven't well the audio was kind of a pain in the ass yeah. to clean up. Um I bet it was. 
it's, I mean, overall it came out fine. You know, it's just, that one just kind of took a while to do the editing because when we were recording over Skype, I tried to make sure there was a long enough pause in case there was like delays and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just had to go through and cut out all those long pauses there were a lot. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's not that's not your fault at all. That's just how it goes. But I'm still learning. Still have some YouTube videos to watch um, to try and clean that up, you know, or just to, to filter it and make it a little, the quality a little better. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun episode to do. That was. So we got to talk about, you know, more controversial things, I guess. Definitely more like topical, like, um, you know, I mean, we could talk about Armageddon because I'm pretty sure we're like halfway fucking there. Well, yeah, religion in the real world is <laughs> controversial too, and mm-hmm. this, that's what this show is. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. See, and overall, like, you kind of think the show is like about, yeah, a, a bumbling angel and kind of a bumbling demon. As high-ranking as he is, he still has people that, you know, other demons that hate him. I don't think Crowley was bumbling. I think he... Well, not bumbling, I think he was just really good at taking advantage of situations. Yeah. But, you know, but, like, he just... He had imposter syndrome, didn't he? He wasn't, like, on the same page as, like, the other demons in Mm -hmm. that... that, No. In that way. His evil was clever and fun and just kind of, like... Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Mm-hmm. And I love that brand of evil. Like, you know, the other demons were like, ooh, I'm scary, or ooh, I have flies. Yeah. And it's like... Well, and he divided, He devised the whole, like, highway and getting the, stuck in a loop. The and then London Turnpike the, yep. being, yes. being the... The work of a demon. Oh, God. <laughs> and when it all started on fire, I was like, this is amazing! Yep, and he gets stuck in the traffic, and yep, the towers go down. Yeah, he's... The things that Crowley would do to torture humans definitely more... I think, yeah, would have more of an impact, such as traffic jams and no cell towers, than just, I'm a demon. Right. The subtlety of it, for one, Mm -hmm. is just... Excellent. Because that anger and frustration grows over time if it's not remedied. And mm-hmm. we're in a society of like, now, now, now. Yeah, and he just gets to sit back and laugh at it all. But I like <sighs> how genius. he, you know, tended to his plants and everything. And how they were afraid of him. Yeah, because, well, you saw what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that. <laughs> I thought it was like Is really that a cute. spot? When they were shaking. Like, oh no! <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was really adorable and almost like uh, reminded me like a, a little bit like Sesame Street Muppet stuff in a way. For some reason, it there was a little bit of that in the show. Yeah. Also, trapping that other demon in the answering machine was that really was, awesome. That was that was bloody so brilliant. clever. I love the cleverness. Mm-hmm. But honestly, as much as I love Crowley, um. Aziraphale, like, oh, oh, he was like, the best. he he loved books. All he loved was books, and he was just so sweet and well-meaning. And and what about when they went up against um, the Nazi Nazi Mycroft uh, and I don't know whoever the other Nazi guy was? Um, because yeah, I like that 
I don't know what his act. Can't think of the actor's name, but uh, he plays Minecraft. Minecraft. Mm, I can't say it. Minecraft. Yes. Holmes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seeing him in a, in, a, in a Nazi uniform didn't seem inappropriate for some reason. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you know, that's. That's believable. I feel like when the first time I watched that and I was like, really, Mycroft? Because <laughs> certain actors are just the characters I always associate them with. But Like Ron Swanson. Like Ron fucking Swanson. <laughs> um, but yeah, Aziraphale, when he's he thinks he's like double-crossing the Nazis and everything. And he how fucking adorable was that? And then he gets double-crossed. Mm-hmm. And then good old Crowley... And his hot stepping into the church because ow, 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 it hurts a demon in a church, and he's just like the feet are always going. And <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good, yeah, a flashback moment of their relationship. But and and I think yeah, because that was like episode three, um, hard times. Is we get the flashbacks, we mm-hmm. get the history of um, As and Crowley, and. So I, at least I think for me, and even kind of like listening to the audiobook, it seemed less about stopping the end of the world and more of like bestie movie or even like there's, it, I felt like you picked, like I could pick up on it a bit through the audiobook, but I feel like in the show, I mean, it, they, they loved each other. Yeah, whether a, it was a romantic or sexual or just a mutual love, I think it was a platonic love. There it, was just moments where it's like, you know, like when Crowley's morning, um, thinking Aziraphale died in mm-hmm. the bookstore fire. Yeah, and he's mourning as, and at one point, I can't remember which one it was, but like Crowley comes in and saves Aziraphale from something. And the look that Az gives him is just this, like, longing, loving look, like, oh, my God, you're here. Is that the French Revolution? That might have been. But I loved that episode. I'm always a sucker for any kind of flashbacks. Um, Yeah. And then you give me, you know, David Tennant and, you know, as Crowley and Michael Sheen as Az and just all them being all super cute. Mm Mm-hmm throughout history just kind of bumping into each other quote-unquote bumping into each other maybe they weren't accidents i don't know i don't think they were accidents i think they were trying to play it off as an accident Mm -hmm. to you know keep suspicion off of them Mm -hmm. but really their whole motivation for stopping the end of the world i swear is just that they keep hanging out so they could keep hanging out um you know, as loved the food. He loves human food. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's a total foodie. Um, and I feel like Crowley just kind of wanted to keep roaming the earth and doing whatever the fuck he wanted. Because it was fun for him. Mm-hmm. It's more fun than hanging out in hell. I mean, that. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, fine. It's hell. It's supposed to be. But that was really drab and just crowded and boring and. People trying to, well, demons trying to outdo each other with their own evilness. And it's like, really? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I have a note that just says, Whovians, the Doctor and Shakespeare back together again. Oh, yeah, because they were <laughs> watching Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, like, nobody there. And it was very depressing, you know? There was, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that flashback. 
<laughs> that one took me a second to remember. And then there was my, another note that I have was um, Crowley saved the books. I think the Nazi books. And it's right sure. after my note about the Nazis. Yeah, my note is Mycroft as a Nazi is a little too convincing. <laughs> but yeah, my um, Crowley saved the books. I think this is when Az fell in love with him. Maybe that was when he gave him like a longing glance. Maybe. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like, yeah, Crowley did something and Az was just like, it was just the look on his face was just... The most adoring look. Most adoring look. It makes you believe in love. Yeah. Oh, and then when they're driving in the car, and Az tells Crowley, you go too fast for me, Crowley. I just thought that was cute. I think they were having a fight. They were bickering like a couple. Yeah. I was like, if that isn't an admission of love, then I don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> Heartbreaking love. Let's see. Chow was the name of the false food. It was just Chow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was in a random diner in Iowa where Elvis was a line cook. Huh. What are the chances? Um, Now, probably not so great, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe at once upon a time. Um, let's talk about, because, you know, we've, we've kind of been all over the, the season, the series, because it's just a mini series. So as great as it would be to see these characters again since it's based off the book hmm. I don't know what other story they could tell you know what I mean without it turning into a Contrived. odd couple parent you know oh, kind of thing no we don't need no. a biblical odd couple <laughs> no no um, um, but the other thing too is I mean Terry Pratchett is mm -hmm. dead yeah. now so yeah. like they're There's not going to get together and write another story you know very true. Just gonna just gonna have to take that for the gem that it is. Yep. And I think that's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um where was I going with Oh, right. So yeah, since we've kind of been all over um all over the board about the series, mm -hmm. um I do wanna talk about Shadwell and Miss Tracy. Yes. Um, but I also want to talk about how we are, how the devil, hell and demons mm -hmm. and God and angels are presented because you expect bad and evil and, um, betrayal and, you know, all those kind of things from demons and, uh, Satan and, and whatever. Yeah. But Damn, Gabriel was fucking ruthless. Well, and a lot of the and a lot of the other angels. Um, because what else? There was Michael. Yeah, there's always Michael. Um, there were the what? Well, I don't like the the angel army. Mm -hmm. Just primed and ready. And then how it also seemed like a very much like a bureaucracy, like a like an office, like a corporation. Yeah, I At mean least how it was presented. My take. Hell and the demons in it, no false pretenses. Right. With the exception of Crowley, but he wasn't ever there, was he? True. But, you know, it's very, okay, they're evil, fine. It's very straightforward. Yep. You know what you get. Yep. Like, there's Beelzebub. Yep. Okay. We, we, <gasps> yes. We, we all know 
what kind of a demon Beelzebub is. We know what to expect. But heaven and the angels, that was the real evil as far as I was concerned. Because it's evil masquerading as good. Yes. And they believed that they were right in behaving that way. Mm-hmm. And were they always like that? Or did they get that way over time? But good question. regardless, they couldn't even see how horrible they were. Mm-hmm. And or either that or they they knew and they didn't care because they believed themselves above it all. I think they knew and didn't care. See, for and that that's reason. that's worse. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. It's like at least with demons, you know exactly what you're getting. These demons, anyways. <laughs> I mean, whoever thought you'd accuse a demon of honesty? Mm-hmm. But they are. They're they are more true to themselves and what their purpose is. And whether you like it or not, or you deem it good or bad. They're being honest. Yeah. That's their truth. If they say they're going to kill you, they're going to kill you. And then you're just like, fuck, fine. I respect you being up front. Yeah. I guess, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whereas, yeah, the, the angels believing so deeply that they are right. Just untouchable, you know, like just. Yeah, like they're the best. They're they're good. They're right. No. Yep. This needs to happen because they say so, and that's their purpose in life. Mm-hmm. So they they let that cockiness mm. blind them to what's actually good. You right. know what I mean? Um, and maybe being like, you know, just maybe being like, you know, hey, maybe if you tried being a little more honest with your ill intentions. <laughs> right? You know. I wouldn't hate you so much right now. Honestly, I found them scarier than the demons. Absolutely. I think John Hamm was a perfect person to cast in that role. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially given his role being kind of like the main point person for as and upstairs, you know, he was always mostly communicating. There's like when he's out jogging and everything. And he's just so John Hamm just does cocky so well you know what it reminded me of that black mirror episode that he was in too though yep so we'll keep on scrolling through oh yeah and then when time gets all fucked up oh yes because adam is kind of starting to tap into his powers yeah it starts as like whispers in his head at night yep because anathema kind of you know gave him all those old magazines conspiracy magazines i love those yep so then you get like the aliens and like, yep, time gets all wibbly wobbly and timey wimey. And then we see the um the governor slash the next doctor in the cold open of episode four. He's like a ship captain or something, and then mm. they come upon like the Roman Empire or some just, just time so crashing. much randomness. hmm And then was it Atlantis? It was Atlantis. It might have been Atlantis. Yeah. I just, I remember seeing, and now his, John Morrison? Something Morrison. He's the governor in Walking Dead. He was the next doctor. Something like, why can't I remember names? Help me, Rain Man. I, <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Um, that's all right. Because there's, he was also in, and I haven't seen it. I've only seen like the musical bits, but it's like, uh. Blackpool, it's like a seemed like looks like a musical, maybe mini series with him and David Tennant, and he owned and operated like a, a casino, and I don't know, I think he was like 
David Morrissey. David Morrissey. I was so very, very close. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can't remember if I've sent you YouTube links for because they do. Should I stay or should I go? Yes, I have seen that. Okay. And I love it. Okay. Because <laughs> I think all the episodes are on YouTube for free. I just haven't watched them yet. But anywho. I do have a note in episode four that I feel like the delivery guy is underrated slash underappreciated. Mm-hmm. So he's still still killing it in episode four. Um, angels don't dance. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it said, um, I just have a note. Angels don't dance. That explains Footloose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somehow they managed to get a correct interpretation. For once. Um, so yeah, so little Adam, Adam Young, mm-hmm. he is the true antichrist. Yep. His hellhound is adorable. Dog. Dog. I loved his friends. Which one was the sassy one? They all had moments. Yeah, but the girl. The girl. Yeah, she was all sassy. So I, I'm a little indifferent about how I feel about the kids taking down the four horsemen. On one hand, I loved it. I thought it was great. Kind of like that symbolism, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Metaphor or whatever. Like, those were his chosen horsemen, the kids. Yes. And it's just kind of like that new generation, but not necessarily on the evil side, because there was, you know, the, the female friend. She's all like, you know, fucking take down the patriarchy bitch or whatever yeah. before she takes down whichever one that she took down. It wasn't. See, because the one that I think that was like always eating, he took down famine. Which makes sense. I think the the kind of nerdier, more timid one, the one with glasses, so not to just put him in the nerd category for glasses, but um, he took down pestilence. And then the female friend, I think her name was like Penny or something along those lines. I, she took on war, right? I think she took down war. I think she took out war with the flaming sword. Ah, flaming swords. I want my flaming sword. Yeah, you know, I think it's like a rite of passage or like the moment you realize you're grown up when you're watching things with like flaming swords or lightsabers or what have you and Instead of like, wow, cool, you're like, oh my god, I'd kill myself with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl's name was Pepper. And then there was Wen- Wensleydale, but Pepper, so I was close. It did start with a P. So yeah, so the kid's taken down Satan's Four Horsemen. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of mixed feelings. Yeah, I mean, you kind of saw that coming though, right? He had yeah. to choose, so. Yeah, and... I think that just kind of goes along with the four horsemen just kind of overall being underwhelming. Because kids could beat them. Because maybe kids could beat them. Or maybe well, they just it. hadn't done enough. Well, I don't badassery. know. Actually, thinking about it just now. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, especially with the modern take on the horsemen. I don't think adults could do that. Definitely not. No. Because you almost need that like young, fresh perspective. To just see the world in that different light to want to make the change and strike down the evil. And... Well, I mean, it's it's not even that so much. It's like... They're not as tired as we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
well, we're kind of slaves <laughs> to our routine and our little conveniences and yeah. technologies and everything. So I can't find the hor- fight the horsemen tonight. I have to work in the morning. No, we all know that death is inevitable, so we're not going to fight that. The mm-hmm. kids have that insane notion that they're going to live forever and they yeah, can do whatever they want. Yep. So I don't. I don't think a grown up could take down the horsemen because I don't, they're like shepherds and we're sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I would agree. I don't think especially in like in in this series that adults are capable would have been capable. No. Um and that it was the kids, so but yeah, I think again it just the overall lackluster of the four horsemen. Yeah, they were just kind of like, okay, that's over with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um I did enjoy the fact that um uh Bumblebee Claritin was the voice of Satan. Bumblebee Claret. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I'm sorry, can I take a moment to enjoy that name? Absolutely. Because, <laughs> you know, it both works for flowers. <laughs> I didn't even notice. It was just, I thought that was his name. No. <laughs> so. I liked that because I remember like before the series aired, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, like these are all the people that are going to be in it or part of it or whatever. And they're like, Benedict Cumberbatch is, you know, the voice of Satan. And you're like, whoa, cool. And then it's like, he said like three things. (laughs) But he thought, you know, voice wise, excellent choice. I love his voice. Me too. Especially when he goes deeper, you know. (laughs) Sorry. Phrasing. <laughs> oh, buddy. All right, let's go back to maybe let's try and wrap it up with Shadwell and Madam Tracy. Okay. I mean, I know they weren't the necessarily, you know, they weren't Crowley and As, but I feel like have we said all we need to say or want to say about those two lovebirds? Um, they were adorable, and Miss mm-hmm. Tracy. Has the patience of a saint. Yes. And I love Michael McKeon. And I loved that he was um, Shadwell. And I loved his quirkiness, his kookiness. Oh, he was. obsession with witches and third nipples. Hoarding newspapers. Hoarding newspapers. Um, Jezebels. But they came together at the end. I also love that... um, as possessed Madam Tracy. Yes. And I thought the actress did an amazing job playing as as Madam Tracy. Agreed. Um I'm just I'm always if it's done well, I'm always really impressed when an actor's playing a character, playing a character within yeah. that first character. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, Tropic Thunder. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's fucking hilarious. Um, I don't think people give it enough credit. No. Um, I don't think people truly understand the movie. Like, that it's a satirical parody commentary. Satire is divisive. What's that? Satire is divisive. People yeah. Are, people either get it or they don't. Ugh, I ain't got no time for those that don't. 
But, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s line in the movie about being a dude, playing a dude, playing another dude. If the actor can do that well, mm-hmm. I'm, dude, more power to you. Applause, golf clap, whatever. Yeah, I it's, mean, the scene that comes to mind for me is the Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. where they they drank the polyjuice potion and the these three adult actors had to adopt the mannerisms of, of um, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, mm-hmm. Radcliffe and all them. And they did. Mm-hmm. And then I remember seeing an interview about it with, with Daniel afterwards, like as part of the press tour. And he was thoroughly creeped out watching that <laughs> scene because it really is like, I really do that. <laughs> I love it. Um, I can't think of any other examples. I feel like I've seen some recently, but totally escaping me right now. But Face off. No, I loved Face Off when it came out. They did a good job playing each they other. They did. I thought so. I mean, over the top and everything, and it's like totally like fucking cheesy. They did. They did a pretty good job portraying the other character. Yeah, and I don't feel like though the two characters were much of a stretch. You know, well Crowley and S did it too at the end of the yes, series, and I loved that. The I didn't see that. I didn't see it coming at all. No? No. Even after having listened to the audiobook, again, my spacey ass didn't pick up on it. So when Tippy and I were watching it, and it's revealed that, yep, they switched, you know, because the little clue or whatever that they got about watching your face or the face you present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clearly when they went back and laid out all the clues or whatnot, you're just like, oh, yeah, fucking duh. Nope. My dumb ass was too wrapped up in it. And I was like, no, Crowley, no, go. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't get in the bathtub. Well, yeah, I was like, he's entirely too calm about this. Yeah. What did they do? What did Even they... for and... Crowley. And then, then and I then was the like. angel with the holy water. Which, yeah. Was that one, Michael? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly there's some other shit going on where. An angel, they're just gonna let an angel into hell is just strictly for the I swear sentencing. The division is for appearances only. Sure. And you know, like that whole fine line between love and hate, good mm-hmm. and evil, whatever. I think it was an excellent example. It's like good point. really which one's which? Yeah. I'm not sure sometimes. Yeah. No, good point. Well done. <laughs> Pay attention to that. All right, yeah, I um, we were just all over the board on this one because it's a fun show, and there's so much to talk about. There really is, and it makes me want to go back and rewatch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like I'm gonna go through and rewatch it, and then I'm gonna have to text you and be like, "We didn't talk about this." <laughs> yep, let's do it now. Um, but it's it's a yeah great series. Loved it. Loved the acting. Loved the casting. The writing. Amazing. Again, I feel it's less about stopping the end of the world and more about this journey of two best friends. Mm-hmm. And how the end of the world impacted their relationship. Right. <laughs> and I would just like to point it out as probably the best example of the potential of platonic friendship that I've seen on tv absolutely they and were, then yeah. journalists wanted to go muddy that like oh they're they're 
they're gay, they're attracted to each other. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't know. That was a platonic friendship. Yeah. I never got... What I picked up from the two of them was love and admiration, a certain level of respect. Mm -hmm. That love isn't necessarily a sexual love. No. And people need to stop looking at it that way. It's like, there's more kinds of love Mm -hmm. than that. Yep. So... Um, so yeah, great show. Loved it. Totally okay with the one season or it being as just a mini series. Um, I feel like that might be all I can think of. Again, it's been a while since I've watched it, but, but we didn't talk about Pulsifer and Oh, and Anathema hooking up. So yes. I absolutely love the fact that in this the middle of this Armageddon storm, those two just had to bang it out. Mm-hmm. And I did love that um, Pulsifer managed to, in a way, convince Anathema to stop following these cards, you know, and to live her life. Again, like you said. Yeah, but I really wanted that book. I know. <laughs> but, and I love the tale of the book you know especially at the Mm -hmm. end and basically blackmailing kind of all these people to deliver this box but never open it brilliant amazing um god god bless witches (laughs) (laughs) if only that was the attitude back in salem yeah (laughs) yeah fucking fucking white men jesus christ um (laughs) basically yeah um I liked I liked Pulsifer. I thought he was adorable. Yeah, and him and Anathema, I think, definitely would work well as like a couple. <laughs> They're a little little opposites. Mm-hmm. She's got plenty of money. He doesn't need to work. <laughs> and that's the cornerstone to any successful relationship. <laughs> exactly. One with the money, and one who doesn't have to work. The other one has to look pretty. Exactly. I think Pulsifer can pull it off. Oh, absolutely. I thought I thought he was very handsome. He was just an adorable little dish. Mm-hmm. He was kind of nervous and... No Henry yeah. Cavill with his shirt off. No. But that's okay. They can't all be Henry Cavill without a shirt. And we'll leave you with that visual? <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. We went on a little longer than I thought, but that's quite all right. Because, again, we're at the end of the episode where my bladder is full and my drink is empty. Um, do you have, like, a good thing? What, what awesome thing has happened to you recently? The uh, burst my bubble portion closing. You know, it's like, what good thing happened outside of the streaming world? I got tickets to see Matchbox 20 in Chicago in August. Right for on. For my birthday. Nice. Are you guys Are you guys doing like a long... Is it you and Aaron, I'm nope. assuming? No. It's me and my office mate, Stephanie. Nice. Yep. Are she's, you guys going to do a weekend She's got there? like a special discount for hotels. So she booked a, so a hotel like six minutes from the venue. Awesome. So it's going to be fun. Haven't been to a concert in a while. Yeah. Matchbox 20, huh? Why not? I don't know. I know I've got, like, their first album laying around here somewhere, so... It's okay. <laughs> it's not like you're admitting to liking Nickelback or anything. Oh, God. 
no, never like them or admit that. <laughs> so, um, oh, Timmy got offered a job. Um, so Timmy, my husband, has been the stay-at-home parent for almost six years now for the life of our youngest child because, crazily enough, in our world and country society, it makes more sense for one parent to work and one parent to not work financially when there's two kids. Because daycare is like rent. Yes. Um, I'm sure it makes financial sense for more than two kids. I'm sure for some folks it makes financial sense for one kid, but that was, that was his role for the last six years. Um, and he's very excited. He got offered a job. So he's just got to complete some paperwork and other things. And which means I might get to quit my job, find something part-time, and then have more time to do this, which is great in one sense because I'd have more time to watch TV and do editing, but it doesn't change the tolerated schedules. So you guys would still get here when you can. Yeah. But, so. I gotta be the breadwinner. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. That was me for no. I mean, still, but Aaron brings his own home as well, obviously. <laughs> but so. I like to think of myself as a breadwinner. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Like literally winning a race and winning bread, <laughs> winning some bread. And Here you bread. won a French loaf. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If the fucking reward was Stella spicy cheesy bread, ooh, her eyes got really big and she got this far off look in her face. You would actually see me run fast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. This has been My Streaming Bubble uh, with me, Jen, and my tolerated friend, Laura. See you later. Yeah. Thanks for listening and keep streaming.